So you have in front of you, these are three different uh, pieces that are on the parsha. Smaller pieces, but I think that they're Kedai, as opposed to going through one longer piece. I think this is Kedai, a couple shorter pieces on the parsha. So the first piece uh, on the right side is a piece from the Shemi Shmuel. The Shemi Shmuel says like this, in this week's parsha, in this week's parsha we're told of the mitzvah in this week's parasha, we're told of the mitzvah that Moshe Rabbeinu is commanded to make chatzotzer's kesef, to make two trumpets. It's a mitzvah for Moshe Rabbeinu to make two trumpets. Now, he quotes a medrash. The medrash says, this is from the Shem Yishmuel in this week's parasha. He says, You, Moshe Rabbeinu, are allowed to make the trumpets, but no one else is allowed to use the trumpets. There's a special halacha that those trumpets that Moshe Rabbeinu made were not allowed to be used by any other leader of Klal Yisrael. Yeshua did not use those trumpets. He used a shoifer. No other person was allowed to use these trumpets. So the question is why? And we'll have to figure out why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu was the only one who was allowed to use these trumpets. And then once we understand why, then maybe the other times where everyone did use trumpets, then that, that's a little bit eye-opening. So the Shem Yishmuel says like this, He'inyin, in a shoifris, what is the difference between a shoifer and a chatzaitzis? A shoifer is a horn, is a, ram, is a ram's horn, and a chatzaitzis is a trumpet. What is the difference, not in practicality, we know what the one, one's longer and one's curved, but in, in what, they, what they represent, what is the difference between a shoifer and a chatzaitzis? So we know that a shoifer, obviously we use on Rosh Hashanah. What is the meaning of a shoifer? So Yushalmi says, Shoifers mayrin alachna. The, the Yushalmi says that shoifers symbolize humility. They're, first of all, they're from an animal, right? They're not silver, they're from an animal. An animal is a, low, uh, is a low being. They're bent naturally, which symbolizes being bent and humility. Right, that the whole Indian of a shoifer is we're telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we're making noises like an animal before you. It's symbolic of humility. It's to humble a person. Therefore, it makes a lot of sense that we would blow a shoifer on Rosh Hashanah because that is not a time for gaiva in any way. That's a time to humble ourselves and to tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu, listen, we're like a carbon, we're like an animal. However, you understand carbonus. The Ramban famously says that Karbanis is supposed to say that, you know, that Akadish Baruch, we, 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 we should be spilling our blood, but instead we're going to spill, we've been acting like an animal. It's all very, it's to humble yourself. So therefore, that's why you blow a shayfer. That's what a shayfer symbolizes. What is a chatzaitzis? So that's a shayfer. What's a chatzaitzis? What's a trumpet? Chatzaitzis are the opposite. Trumpets lift you up. Trumpets, it's long and it's tall and it's, it makes a very exalted noise. Trumpets is in, is in order to raise up the person. So, Velochein, we started with a point that out of all the leaders in Klal history, the only one who was able to use trumpets to gather the people together was Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Moshe Rabbeinu, Hayaonav Mi'ayid Mikol Adam, says the Shem Yishmuel, because Moshe Rabbeinu was the humblest person that ever lived, he didn't need the shoifer to humble him. He was already humble. He was able to use a trumpet without it leading to gaiva because, meaning, trumpets by its nature is a healthy thing for a Jew to be uplifted, to remind himself of who he is. 
but naturally there's a concern that it'll lead to conceit, it'll lead to gaiva, but Moshe Rabbeinu, the honor of Mikol Adam, he's able to use the trumpets. But other leaders like Yeshua Benun, or any other leader for that matter, who's not in honor of Mikol Adam, you have to use a shoifer. They can't handle a chatzaitzis because it's going to lead to things, it's going to lead to getting to their head. He says like this, oh, Okay, so that's the explanation. Moshe, Moshe uses trumpets because trumpets lifts you up and Moshe Rabbeinu was able to handle being lifted up without the concern of it leading to bad things. Yeshua ben Nun, he and all other leaders use shaifers to humble them. It's interesting is this, the Pasuk tells us that there was one time where everyone used a trumpet and that's during a time of war. During a time of war, everyone uses a trumpet in time of war. So why is it that according to this, that you use a trumpet at the time of war? And why is this a message that I think is important? You have to realize that, um, you know, these, these messages, first of all, it's recorded, it's always sent out, but it's important for all of us to hear this nakuda as much as I, you know, it's not, my, you know, it's not a topic that, uh, you know, that uh, when I started this, I thought I'd be talking about all the time, but the truth is it's something that Kali Yisrael needs to hear a lot of. Chatzotis, which lifts you up, Says the Pasuk, the one time everyone used a trumpet was a time of Milchama, a time of war. Says the Shemi Shmuel the following words, During a time of war, you need a trumpet. Why? Because when a Jew is facing enemies, and you're facing external forces, that's when a Jew needs to be lifted up. That's not a time to tear a Jew down. At a time of war, you have to be lifted up. I think the message is obviously quite clear. You know, right now, it wasn't always like this. The derech of teaching was not like this in Europe, for sure. Whether it should have been or not, but American, the people are different now. The avoida now is to lift people up. It, it, it is. I, I went to yeshivas that was not the avoida, and it was incorrect. The avoda now is to lift Jews up. It's 100%. It's, 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 tied, it's tried and tested. The other avoda of, of focusing more on Yira, focusing more on, on the negativity, you know, the Slabotka approach and the Musar, it's, it's this at a time of Muhammad. Klal Yisrael is at a time of Muhammad more than it has. I'll give you an example. I was a couple nights ago, I had the privilege of spending a few hours with uh, Rav Chaim Kramer. Rav Chaim Kramer Shlita, he's the author of, uh, he's the translated the uh, Lukute Marans and all the Svarim from the Breslov Institute. Um, he's a brilliant, very, very humble, very, very sweet, humble man. This is a, you know, I knew he would give me this response when I, when I said the following thing, but I still did it anyway. I said, how long is the Rav in town for? He's from Eretz Yisrael. He said, I'll ask him when I see him. I'm here till Thursday. That's what he said. It's a standard answer. I knew he would say it, but I still am not going to say it. But, um, so the question was posed to him you know we were talking about Rabbi Nachman which is you know 200 years ago are the challenges how would you rate the challenges now to the challenges then and Chaim Kramer said it's a thousand times worse as he said it's a thousand times worse you don't have to be like a sky is falling type it's posh it. it's borer kecham I remember I was once I was once giving a drasha here on Shabbos day and I mentioned a teaching of Rav Wolfson. I wasn't even talking myself. I was quoting Rav Wolfson. The Rav Wolfson talked about how it's getting darker now in the world, and, and therefore that's a sign that the light is coming. The light of Mashiach is coming. 
someone came over to me and, and was shocked and, and he, he spoke I, I thought pretty uh, disrespectful not as me and my title just me as an adult male I didn't appreciate the way he was talking but he was how could you talk that way uh, everything so it's not better I, 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 won't, I don't believe that by the way it's posh the Gemara tells us it's going to get worse historically. I'm not talking about the Nekudas Halev of a Yehudi, but just the Chlal, the world is it's, as a whole. It's not going. It, it doesn't make sense that it would get more just. That, that, that's that's hepich of the Derech HaOilam. It's not even shocking. It's not a Chiddush to say that, that and, and again, these topics, like I used to not, I used to think that like my father would talk about these topics a lot, and I was like, okay, you know, it's a, but it, it, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing nowadays. The chaos, it's a thing. And it is a mulchama. The mulchama that I'm talking about is Baruch Hashem. Hashem is sparing us from a physical world. I'm not talking about physically. Physically, Baruch Hashem, we could live, thank God, but it's like the Balatanya's fight. The Balatanya and the Kedusha Slavi had a machlaikis as to whether, who's, who's better to win, the Tsar or Napoleon? The Balatanya said, not Napoleon. Why? I, Napoleon, will bring you freedom of body, but he will not bring you freedom of the soul. I'm not talking, thank God, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, we don't have to deal, we have indoor plumbing, we have all the alamailas that they, that they didn't have, they didn't dream of. But the fact that a Jew, the, the, the fact that the, Stam, the world is crazy and they teach children things that are hepach from Torah at a young age, but Stam, the fact that a person, if he wants to be machrev his oilam, in seconds, he can't. And whether that's something that that side of the room appreciates or not, I could tell you, it's a thing. The, the nisyoyness of this, it's, it's, it's way more difficult. The, the, the people, again, that, Baruch Hashem, we're not, we're not, Hashem is, you know, we're a very weak dar, and Hashem is protecting us from, I mentioned this once from Wolfson. Wolfson said in his Pirish Antanya, he said that it's A, we're, we're weaker than they used to be. We're weaker uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, which is not as strong as the previous darius were. But also, he said, we're also, we're Gilgulim a thousand times over. Every time you're a Gilgul, right, you have baggage because you got to fix it. So he says, how much baggage do we have already? So Bekitzar HaMaisa, it's a Mulchama. You want to say, is it stronger of a Mulchama? LaMaisa, it's a Mulchama. When you have a kid that's 16 years old that wants just to be on his phone, to, to go on Snapchat and to go on Instagram and to go on Facebook and to go on Twitter and to go on and all these other things to talk to everyone that they shouldn't be talking to, to see things that they shouldn't be, talk, be, be seeing, and you're trying to say, let's learn Gemara. It's a Mulchama. It's a Mulchama that you're fighting. And the, the Shem Yishmuel is telling us very clearly that during a time of Mulchama, it's a time of Chatzaitzris, it's to lift the Jew up. And the Avoid is not to say, you know, you've done this, you've done this. It's true he's done this. He knows what he's done. The Avoid is to remind him of who he is, and then hopefully he'll stop doing those things and he'll start going in the right direction. But I, this is the point, though, I wanted to make clear, though. How do you lift the Jew up? Here's the thing, though. What makes, right, you want to mechazik a yid, right? You want to mechazik him and, 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 and remind him of who he is. So how do you do that? So the, the problem is like this. If you just say, you're great, Everyone's great. Everyone's great. It's empty. Yeah? Because I don't, I don't know everybody here well enough to know your traits. Yes, there's a nakuda. Everyone has a, a point of perfection, but that's not the... But what makes that statement different than any other, you know, uh, 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 you know those, uh, those guys who are uh, the professional speakers, not the Jewish ones, just them, you know, the motivational speakers. So this is the aside. The trumpet is meant to lift you up. So there's a very, very famous teaching of Mizitra Magid that he says, Chatzaitzris is from two words, Chatzitzura. Chatzitzura means you are a half of an image and the other half is God. And what the Mizitra Magid explained what that means is, it doesn't just mean that you're deficient and you need Hashem. 
But Kaviyochel, 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 HaKadosh Baruch Hu is also, needs us. Now, does he mean literally need, at least he makes it seem like he needs us. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you're half, you're missing without me, but I too am missing without Klal Yisrael. Now what does that mean? It doesn't mean, God forbid, the Chassashom is Hashem's Chisarin in any way. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world in such a way where we're not just receivers. He made the system in such a way where we're able to reveal His glory. And, and, and by the way, this is not just a teaching of the Mezitcha Magid that someone could, that someone could say, oh, it's a, it's a Chassidish. Look over here on the, on, the, on the teaching that's tilted. It's very, very big. This is a Medrash. On this is Look at the words of the Medrash. The Medrash talks about how the beginning of this parasha, Aaron Akayan is told to light the menorah. Yeah. So the Medrash says is this, Ki'ata ter neri. Hashem said, you light the, ca- the candle for, for my building. You're lighting the, the, the candle for my building. Omru Yisrael of Nechadosh Baruch This is a Medrash in this parasha. Klal Yisrael said to Hashem, Rebona Shalolam, Lonu ata oimer shenei lefanecha, we're lighting a candle for you? You, you light up the world. What, 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 how are we lighting up your candle? You're the source of all light. So what does it mean? What's the purpose of lighting the menorah? So says the Medrash, You want us to light the candle? You're the source of all light. So what does Hashem say? Hashem said, understand, yes, I, I don't need your physical candle. Yes, I, I have light without you. But, the same way I gave you light, I want you to give me light. Meaning, I created the world in such a way that I, I need, air quotes, I need Klal Yisrael to reveal my glory because it's, I, made a, I made a system that I need people to act. And the only way that my glory will be revealed in this world is through Torah and Mitzvah. And the only ones who are willing to do that is Klal Yisrael. It's not that I need your light, and if I don't have your light, I'll, I'll be lost in darkness. No, we're the ones who need HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the system in such a way that we're the only ones practically who are going to reveal His glory. He gives us light, we give Him light. Kaviyoch. And it continues the, the marshal. Hashem gave a marshal for this. Marshal of Mahadavadoyme. What is the marshal comparable to? Lepikeach v'suma. You have a blind person, and you have a sighted person. Show you Mahalchem the traveling. So obviously the whole time they're traveling, the, the sighted person is lighting a candle for the blind person. Finally they get back to their safe haven, they get back to the house. The blind person is comfortable. Says the healthy person to the blind person, the, 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 blind, the healthy person says to the blind person, when we're in the house, you light a candle for me. So says the Medrash, the blind person said, when we were traveling and we needed light, you were the one lighting it. And now that we're safe in the house, now you want me to light the candle? The healthy person said, I don't want this relationship to be one way. If I give light to you, I want you to give light to me. And therefore, I desire that this relationship is not a one-way relationship. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants this relationship to be complex. I've mentioned this many, many times. There's a very interesting medrash that Rav Shimba Yechai met Rav Elazar Rav Yaisi, the son of Rav Yaisi. And Rav Shimba Yechai said, there's a pasuk in Shir Hashirim that I don't understand. The pasuk says, that Shloim HaMelech says, 
look at the atara that that says, look at the crown that my mother made for me. So Shimbayichai says, how could the Pasuk say that Hashem has a mother? What does that mean? Did you ever hear from your father with the Pshat? There's a Madrash. So Rav Yaisi says, I heard from my father's the Pshat. The Pshat is that you have a marshal for a, 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 a father. A father loves his daughter. But he says, He says, I love you so much, you're not my daughter anymore, you're my sister. Then he says to his daughter, I love you so much, you're not even my sister, you're my mother. So to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he loves Klal Yisrael, B'ni B'chayri Yisrael, we're his child. But when he loves us so much, we're not his child, we're his sister, right? He says, I love you so much, you're my mother. So what does it mean? And the, by the way, the end of the Medrash is, Roshim got up, kissed Rav Lezbar on the head, and he said, if it, I was, it was worth it for me to be born to hear this Medrash. My entire life was Kedai for this Medrash. What's up, Shad? The relationship of a parent child. What does it mean we're Hashem's mother? Of course not. That's, that's heresy. But what does it mean? What it means is that this is a Medrash talking. What it means is like this. The relationship of a parent-child is one way. Right? A baby just takes. Nobody expects. The mother cannot expect the child to give back. A three-year-old child. They give back by not making them crazy. But that's the relationship. It's a one-way relationship. A sister, it's equal. Give and take. Siblings are supposed to be giving and take. Parent is the opposite. The parent, you know, the parent, the, the child receives from the parent. The Medrash says, we're, his, we're Shem's child, yeah? That means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, obviously, he gives to us. He gives us light. He gives us everything. But Hashem doesn't want that relationship to be so one-dimensional. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants more. And therefore, he created a system where Klal Yisrael gives back. And not only that, we're his mother. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kaviyochel, Kaviyochel, looks to Klal Yisrael and says, I need your help. What does it mean? It doesn't mean that, God forbid, if we don't do it, that there's a deficiency. Of course not. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world where there's no one else to reveal His glory. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is waiting. I mentioned this, this is the whole beginning of the Sefer Yichud Ispoidus of Rav Kluger, that he says that if a Jew thinks of it like that, those terms when it comes to davening, his davening will be better. Because if you think of, think of it in the following mushal, you have it's a mushal that we see. You have a kid that goes to Israel for the year, right? So the kid's having fun, he's learning, he's going to the kotel, he's going to Tel Aviv, he's doing whatever he's doing, yeah? He's supposed to call his mother once a day, twice a day, the morning and night. I would say three times a day to better, better muscle, but that's not practical. Once a day, yeah, Shine, he's supposed to call his mother once a day. So he calls his mother, she's sitting by the phone, she, she misses him, she misses her kid. She, she, he gets on the phone, he's like, she's like, how's your day? Yeah, it's fine, okay. Bye-bye. And then hangs up. So the mother wants the phone call, so the Yichud is this. Rav Kluger says that's how Kedush Baruch Hu's relationship with Klal Yisrael. We look at davening as us taking. If you're just constantly taking, them, the relationship will not develop. Relationships have to be complex, and there has to be a give and take. So says Rav Kluger, the avoid of a Jew is to realize that when you call Hashem to daven, He's waiting for that phone call. And then if you daven very quickly without any kavana, it, you you think that you just lost out. Oh, you know, I lost out. I could have cashed in if I had kavana. He would have given me money. No, that's not the point. Okay, the was waiting three times a day that he wanted to speak to you, and then all of a sudden, three times a day, he quickly got on the phone. He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, fine, hang up." That the relationship has to be quite polite. That's chatzaytzus. The mizitzer magis said chatzaytzus. If you want to lift up a Jew, you don't just say you're special. Everybody's special. It's not that. Of course, everyone's special, but goyim are also special. That's not the point. You're a chatzitzura. 
that you have the opportunity to reveal Hashem's presence in this world. He's not going to do it himself, not because he can't, but he created a system that he chose not to allow himself to create the system. Fine, shine, whatever reason. I'm not God, I can't understand why. But he, that's the system that he created. He needs you to, to say a bracha in order for his presence to, reveal, to be revealed in that oifen. That's empowering. When a Jew knows that, then all of a sudden, instead of not benching, maybe I'm going to bench. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is waiting for my benching. That's a chatzotzeres. That's a trumpet. At a b'shas melchama, that's not a time to drag down a Jew. The world will do that. The world will break you. That, that's not the point. The avoid is to try to lift you up. That, that's, that's how you lift up a Jew. Not by just saying empty platitudes of you're great, you're the funniest guy, everyone's, you're so handsome. Who cares? And, 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 and if you could hear it, on a, on a, on a, you know, on a, on a, in, in a church, then it's not the same, yeah? The answer is, I'm not saying that you're, everybody's special. It may be true, but the real way to empower a Jew is to realize you're a chatzot, you're a chatzitzura, that you're a half of Hashem's image, and he's a half of your image. And therefore, you're able to reveal Hashem's presence. It's a partnership. And the Gemara says this, that if you say Vayichulu in shul, you're considered a partner with Hashem. What does that mean? So we're so used to saying that it's a gemara. So what? So so what does that mean that you're a partner with Hashem? The answer is it's a partnership, right? It's like a healthy relation. It's a partnership. If you're constantly taking from Hashem, you're treating him like a shmata. That's not good either. There has to be a give and take. He gives you life. And he asks for something back, and that is to reveal his presence in the world. That's his nasus, that's a chatzaitzus. That's the avoid of v'shasa mulchama. I, I think it's a very important, again, it's an important insight that that's the avoid that has to be. It doesn't mean you can't give musr. You can give musr, but it has to be that the avoid every, every day is not to tear someone down. That's not, that's not necessary. You have to lift them up with a chatzaitzus. And the way to do that is to remind him of what his ability is, not just his ability as a person, his ability as, as a Jew to reveal Hashem's presence. There's no greater zchus that a Jew can have to make the world more full of godliness. That, and then you have that opportunity easily through Torah mitzvahs, how easy it is. You light candles Friday afternoon, you brought Hashem's presence into the world. It wasn't hard. You put, put on tzitzis, you put on tefillin, it's, a, it's bringing iris, bringing shefa. I heard this uh, recently, Rav Gamliel. Rav Gamliel said this. Um, if you have a, a sitter for a second. Yeah, let me just grab this sitter. Rav Gamliel made this point. It's such a subtle point. We said, Svir Sa'imer, which was done a few weeks ago. It says, right, you say that you say the, the bracha, but let's say, forget about the bracha, right? Even if you didn't say the bracha, you still yoytza. Let's say the fourth day. Hayoyim arba yom la'aymer. It's four words. Right? Afterwards, etfilas. We believe the tefilas are true. We don't think the tefilas are exaggerating. It says, Ayideizeh, by me saying, Hayoyim arba yom la'aymer, Yushva shefa rav b'cholilamis. Great shefa, great exalted lights and exalted goodness is coming out to all the worlds. So Rav Gamil said, that's what a Jew does by four words. Hayoyim arba yom la'aymer. All these worlds are filled with now godliness. It's like filling, like pipes are being filled with Kedusha because of four words. We could fix our souls. All, all negativity will be fixed. For four words. 
So he says, if that's, and, that, and we don't, we just say it. Um, and, and if that's four words, how much more when a, when a person spends all afternoon getting ready for Shabbos and a Jew spends all, you know, all davening Shabbos, hours to trying to daven. That, that's, that's his nasus, that's chatzaitzis, that's lifting up a Jew. Okay, moving on to the second piece. The second piece is, we'll see if we have time for all this. It says, I'm sure if we don't do the third piece, it's okay, we'll do it next time. The, this is one of my favorite words. I've, I've said this many, many times. I just wanted to see it inside. The Pasik tells us it's a very, um, it's a very, this is on the, the, the second side over here, the bottom right, the bottom right paragraph. Uh, it says, Ba'ifen, Ba'ifen, Ba'ifen Acher. It's a very, very famous Yisaid. I think it's such an important Yisaid. It's a teaching from the Hashem Yishmuel. Halfway through the Parsha, the Pasik says, Ba'ihi Ha'am Mesayinim. The Jews started to complain. And the truth is, it, it never actually says in the Pasik what they complained about. Rashi says they complained about a lot. They complained about the man. They complained about the desert. They complained about the lack of water. They complained about um, not being in Mitzrayim anymore. So there's a very famous teaching of the Ramban that the Ramban says they were complaining for the sake of complaining. They, they, they were in the mood to complain, which is funny. I mean, we, we sort of understand this, that we've all had those experiences where you, you sort of, you're, you're just going to fight with somebody. There are experiences we all have as humans just, uh, you know, where the, the, the person could come in and, and uh, you know, that's a phenomenon that we all exist, but these are very, very big Jews. These, this is written in the Torah. So what does it mean? What, yes, they were in the mood to complain, but what's the pshat? So this is a couple of pshatim. I want to share with you a teaching for the Shem Yishmuel. It's Mamash, the next piece. The Shem Yishmuel says the follows, I want to explain to you a teaching of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov gave the following marshal for how Hashem runs the world. It's a very famous marshal, and, and the Shem Shmuel Mamish, I think it fits perfectly. He says like this, The Baal Shem Tov says, the Baal Shem Tov says like this, the same way if you want to teach a child how to walk, teach a child how to ride a bike. How do you do it? Right? You're teaching a child to walk. Right? So you walk with him. You have to take a couple steps back. You have to take some steps back in order to allow the child to walk on his own. If you're constantly holding him the whole time, it's not healthy. He can't be in his 20s and only be able to walk if you're holding him. Yeah? So what do you do? You take a couple steps back. The baby falls. Okay, You pick him up. You walk a couple more steps. You take two more steps back. And the child... But you're not taking steps back because you're you're you don't like the child or because you're distancing. It's it's in order to allow the kid to be healthy enough to walk towards you. Says the distance is good. It's in order to allow you to be able to stand on your own. You can't have it that you're only able to do this when they're there. You have to be strong enough to be on your own. And the only way to do that is to have people taking a step back. <laughs> that's the way a parent raises a child. That's also how Hakadosh Baruch Hu deals with a person. Says the Shemishmuel, You have to understand in the desert, Klal Yisrael were like a baby, right? Even the Svarim described that the Ishbitzer says that that's why the Oz Yashir, right? Moshe said, and we responded. It was like teaching a kid. It was like teaching a child that. Az Yashir Moshe, they responded, as opposed to the Shiris Haber, the Shiris uh, Haber, which happened later on. Klal Yisrael was able to, 
you know, Ali Be'er and Nula that we were able to speak on our own. But we were like a child. That, that was spiritually, we were like a child that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to hold our hands. He literally fed us. Right? Well, there was no working the world. There was no, there was no standing on your own. So it says the Shem Yishmuel, right? In the Midbar, we were mamish in a cocoon of Kedusha. Even their food was a spiritual food to the point where they didn't have any waste. There was no physical, it wasn't real life. It was like a honeymoon stage. Shem says, that's not the purpose of life. No one thinks that the purpose of life is to stay in the Midbar. That's not the purpose. Hashem wants a world where not angels, people, are going into the physical world and revealing Him. And the only way to do that is to actually have a job, to actually have a house, to have a land, to not be wandering in this Anania COVID situation. And says the Shem Yishmuel, you have to understand, before Hashem sends us down to the world, we're all souls, we're perfect. He doesn't need a soul-like existence, but that's what the Midbar was. He, rather, we were already exalted with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The purpose was, Hashem wanted that we would go into this world as people and lift up this world to Him. And that was Eretz Yisrael. The purpose of Eretz Yisrael is to work the land, to separate Trumas and Meisers, to, to have Karbonis, to have life, but surrounded with Hashem. That Hashem wanted Klal Yisrael to work the physical but to be with Hashem. To understand what happened in this sixth parasha, if you know the history, people get confused. They think that it was always supposed to be 40 years. It wasn't. This week's parsha, they were three days away from entering Israel. They were this close. But what happened? The Rashi says we started to complain. That prolonged it. And then Kairach, a little bit longer. And then Shalach, the Miraglim, 40 years. So we were this close to entering Israel. So we started to complain. What's the Pshat? So says the Shem Yishmuel beautifully. We were about to enter Israel and wanted us to be able to start walking on our own. collectively started to feel distance. They had never experienced this. This was about a year in of this cocoon, this honeymoon. They had never experienced a davening that when they finished davening, they were like, I feel nothing. And they never experienced the Shabbos where they were just like fighting. And they never experienced tefillin without feeling tefillin. But they were all collectively feeling this now. But it wasn't because Hashem was rejecting them. It was because Hashem was saying, listen, you got to be on your own now. And, and we're about to enter real life. you got to start moving to me. You can't just serve me when, when everything's great. That, that's, not, that's not the derech. The truth is, okay, I'll read you two more lines. And I'll tell you something. We're not going to do the therapy, so I'll, I'll tell you something amazing. He says, That was the Arn going ahead of them, that they were like, they were like running after him. They, they, the Arn was no longer with them. It was, you know, it was going. But Hashem wasn't rejecting them. Hashem wanted them. Walk on your own. You have to be able to daven. This is when you have to be tough. This is when you have to put your put your uh, your your big boy and, and big girl clothing on and you daven 
even when it's hard, because that's what that's what because that's important, and you can't just do it when it's easy. But the only way to experience that is to have a little bit of distance. But claw yourself. But what happens when a child doesn't understand why mommy is putting them down? They start screaming and they throw a temper tantrum. It's not because they're upset about this, because they didn't understand. Claw yourself collectively didn't understand why there was distance, and therefore they just started to complain. And it says the They didn't understand this. Oh, so he started to complain. This is a great message for young people and especially also for Bali Right? They start, they're in yeshiva, it's on fire, everything's on fire. They start serving Hashem, everything's on fire. That's the natural progression. Hashem, you can't have the honeymoon the whole time. Hashem's like, listen, you got to be able to walk towards me. And therefore, what happens? It's done from heaven. That Hashem removes that divineness in order to say, are you willing to walk towards me? The only way to do that is for him to be distant. Kali still didn't understand that. The truth is, I, I, I'll just end with this, just because it's getting late. Okay, I'm sorry. The truth is, Moshe Rabbeinu, at the end of the sixth parasha, What's the greatest praise? Mikol Beisi Nemonu. Moshe Rabbeinu is consistent. He's not just when it's great. He's always. I'll tell you, one last aside. It says in the sixth parish that Moshe Aaron, Vayas Aaron, Lahagich Loishina. It's to tell you, Lahagich Shivcha Shal Aaron. It's to praise Aaron Shaloishina. That he, he did exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu said. He didn't light it differently. So all the Mepharshim has a kasha. You can tell me Aaron is going to do differently. Why would he do differently? If you tell him to light the menorah this way, what's he going to do? He's, he's, a, he's a tzaddik. He's not going to do differently. Says the Ish and he wrote this in the Warsaw Ghetto. The Ish writes, Lahagid, Lahagid, Haggadah is always a difficult, is, is being tough. Vayoymer is Lashon Racha, is soft. Haggadah is a Lashon of being tough. Lahagid, you know what the praise was? Lahagid, that even when life is tough, Shivchay Shaloy Shina. That Aaron Akoyin lit the menorah the same way every day. Loishina, even when it was Lahagid. Not just when it was great, but Lahagid, even when life was Magid, even when life was tough, when he felt like Hashem was yelling at him, not Amira, when Hashem was being tough with him, Loishina, he was consistent. Moish and Aaron are consistent, and that's the key. A Jew has to be consistent. All right, we'll stop here.